Okay. All right. <laughs> Hello. All right. The recording has officially started. So anything you say can and will be held against you in the church house. <laughs> Good evening, everyone. I'm so blessed to have all you guys here. I know that uh, by the time you leave, you'll be, you'll be glad that the Word of God spoke to you tonight. Amen? Um, here's uh, something I'd like to stress. First of all, obviously this is our first equipped class. We'll be doing this for over the course of the next 16 weeks. Okay, I'll, I'm going to teach the first three, and then there'll be a different teacher every three weeks teaching a different topic. Okay, so I'm going to be t teaching on the Word of God being our being being our foundation basically, and I've got three different topics within that that I'll be digging into and sharing with everyone. And then I believe Martin's next wherever he's at, and uh, he's going to be talking about living prophetically, what that means, and there'll be several different topics about that, and then we'll roll through. Uh, several other topics as well, all right? And the whole premise about this is to just go deeper in the Word of God, amen? Get the meat of the Word, go a little deeper, and I believe the Holy Spirit show us things um, by revelation and by insight that even though we may be going back to basics a little bit, but it'll touch our hearts and prick our hearts and remind us of things that'll strengthen our walk with God, amen? So really going to be walking through some things tonight. I'm going to uh, start out... <clears throat> Um, first of all, just letting y'all know that uh, I'm, we're, obviously we're blessed to have you here, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start out with some of the, just a little bit of a background about the Bible, okay, because tonight we're going to talk about the integrity of God's Word. That's where we're going to start out tonight, because without the Word of God, we have no faith, right? Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. We can't begin to have a relationship with God without the Word of God, right? And so we're going to start at the very basic core, and we're going to work through this. Now, what I'd like to um, highly recommend is that when you come to these classes that you come ready to take notes, okay? That you come with a, a pen and a notebook and you get ready to write. And the biggest thing I want you to write down, I'm not, I, you know, I'm not saying I'm going to say something important. I believe the Holy Spirit's going to speak to your heart and say something important to you. Amen? And so you need to be ready so that when the Holy Spirit whispers those little nuggets, those little things that are pertaining to you right where you're living, that you're ready to write that down. Amen? I mean, I, I know, I know for myself. If if uh, George Bush walked in the in the in the place tonight and said, "Corey, I want to sit down with you and tell you a few things," I'd say, "Hold on," and I get a pen and paper, right? Because he's a very important man, has some important things to say. How much more so is God? Amen. So if we really value what the Holy Spirit's about to tell us, the first thing we'll do is write it down. The second thing we'll do is meditate on it, think about it, dwell on it. Talk to him even more about it and allow him to really let it sink down in our hearts. Amen? To where it becomes a part of who we are. And we're going to talk more about that later this evening. All right? Let's see. Okay. So let's do this. Let's get cranked up with some prayer. Then we'll jump right into this. If you want to turn in your Bibles to uh, John chapter 1, that's where we're going to start. Okay? So you can already have that open. But let's pray together. Father God. We thank you so much for this night, Father. We thank you for the opportunity to dig into your word, Father God, to know more who we are in Christ Jesus, to understand the depth of your word in our hearts and in our lives. Father, I pray 
that as the Word of God is spoken tonight, that myself, I would get out of the way and just let you say what needs to be said tonight so that our lives can be changed, that we can be transformed, that our minds can be transformed and our minds can be washed with the water of the Word, God. Father, I thank you for renewed minds tonight. Father, that's what true repentance is, is when our, our minds are changed and we begin to think more like you desire for us to think. Father, we just receive that tonight. We receive the engrafted word tonight. Father, we say right now, I say it on behalf of everyone, God, I am correctable. Say that with me. Say, I am correctable. I am, correctable. I am humble. I am, humble. I am ready, to receive I'm ready to receive the word of God, word of God. that will change me. I expect to be changed tonight, and I won't leave here with anything less. And God, I know you'll meet me right where I'm at, and fill me up with your Holy Spirit, and strengthen me with your Word, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Let's, let's jump in here. Um, so I'll read, I'll read our first scripture tonight, and then, we'll, uh, and then I've got a few things I want to talk about the Word. Um, first, uh, excuse me, uh, the Gospel of John, John chapter 1, we'll start here. It says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him. Okay, stop. Why did He say Him? Most of us know and understand this. That him there, he's, he's referring to Christ. Amen? He's referring to Christ Jesus. Okay? So he uses the word him and the word word synonymously. You see that? They mean the same thing. So God's speaking to us that Jesus and the word are the same. Let's keep reading and you'll see this. Verse 3, all things were made by him and without him or without the word was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shined in the darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. Okay? Now, look at verse 14. Skip down to verse 14. And the Word, notice that's a big W, capitalized, and the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory... The glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Now, if we had any thought of is the word Jesus or not, that verse right there makes it very clear that it, he was the only begotten of the Father, the Word of God. Amen? So now I want to back up to verse 1, okay? And I want to read it, and I want to put wherever there's a hymn, okay, I want to put the Word. So let's read that again. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by the Word. Everybody say, by the Word. By the word. And without the Word was not anything made that was made. In the Word was life, and life was the light of men. And the light shineth in the darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. Okay? And so we're going to revisit that, that, that scripture in just a minute, but I want to say a few things about the Word. First of all, the Old Testament of the Bible is validated by thousands of manuscripts, historical writings, and research, especially by the Jewish nation. Okay, The Jewish nation has done a phenomenal job of, of holding on to documents and manuscripts and, and texts and scrolls 
from thousands of years. And, and I've been to Israel. I've laid my eyes on the Dead Sea Scrolls. I've seen the things that they were able to keep from, from many, many generations, hundreds and hundreds and even thousands of years ago. And in there, okay, they have written records rec recounting in great detail that involve persons, places, triumphs, and disasters of their existence as a nation and of the very stories of the Bible, all the way back from 1800 before Christ up to 400 before Christ. Okay? 1800 before Christ is about the time that Abram comes on the scene, right around that 1800 number. Okay? There's no other document on earth that claims to be inspired by God that has any validation even close to what the Bible has documented. Okay? And you're welcome to do that research. You're welcome to go and look for it. Okay? The Israelites are the only people who can trace their origin to one man, Abraham the Hebrew, who lived in about 1800 B.C. Okay? The direct lineage of Jesus can be traced directly to Abraham. Okay? <clears throat> the New Testament is a complete validation of the Old Testament in and through the prophecies being fulfilled by the person of Jesus. Okay? The odds... Okay, everybody, have you got the... Anybody, have y'all got the handout with the prophecies on it? Can you, can you look at that? Okay, does someone need one? Okay. We'll get you both of the handouts over here. I want you to look at that. I want you to just take the time for a minute and look at each page. You don't have to read them. I just want you to look and see how many there are. There's over 365 prophecies. Okay? that Jesus had to fulfill in order for his life and the word of God to be validated. 365, literally one for every day of the year. Amen? That's what had to happen when Jesus showed up on the planet. Those 365 things had to come to pass or someone like a Pharisee or a Sadducee, someone could go, uh, 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 no, no, no. See, he wasn't born of a virgin. Oh, Nope, nope, nope. See, he didn't ride in town on a donkey, right? All these things that were prophesied, someone along all these generations, and there are people out there that try to, to, to come against the Word of God, but as they go through it and as they come up against people who really know the Word of God, like I believe you guys are going to begin to know even more and more, right? Amen? So that when, you, when they contest it, then we're able to show them, look, wait a minute, you don't, you don't see where God's taken you and where he's already been. Amen? Mm -hmm. And so those 365 prophecies, let me, let me just say something about that. It says this, The odds against the 365 prophecies being fulfilled by the only person who claimed to be the Son of God and who died on a tree in Calvary and who rose the third day are completely astronomical. That You can't even, there's not a mathematical equation for it. It's completely crazy to, to, to try and come up with something. Now, remember this, that all these were written hundreds of years before the birth of Christ and were documented. Okay? So, God, in His infinite, amazing understanding and wisdom, okay, He organizes over 40 men that write words inspired by the Holy Spirit. There were over 40 authors of the Bible. Did you know that? There's over 40 authors. Matter of fact, you've got the other paper there. Look at it. There's 40 authors 
And we're not sure the exact number because there's some of the scriptures in some of the Old Testament books, we think that maybe two or three or even more may have written certain books of the Bible together. And so we don't know the exact number, but we do know that it was 40 or more. Okay? And here's the, here's the other interesting thing. Only a God could have orchestrated it to the point where 40 different men or more wrote something in a, in a span of 1,500 years. Over 1,500 years with 40 different authors. And when you put it all together, it all comes down to one book. There's 66 books in there, right? But it all comes down to one spirit, one heart, one God, one message. And his name is Jesus. There's no other book on the planet, not the Koran, not any other book on the planet that can even come close to doing anything similar to what the Bible has done and how God has orchestrated it. Amen? Amen. The Bible is the Word of God. It's not a Word of God. It's the Word of God. It's not a truth. It's the truth. Amen? And when we begin to receive that for our lives, when we begin to realize that the Word of God is the truth, okay, then that's when power is made readily available to our lives. Amen? Transformation begins to happen. Change begins to happen on the inside. And when it happens on the inside, guess what? It begins to happen on the outside. Amen? Whether it's physically, relationally, emotionally, financially, in whatever way, God brings us victory. Amen? Let me finish here. Isaiah and Micah wrote their prophecies about 700 years before Christ. Okay? Daniel wrote his about 600 years before Christ. I mean, that, that's amazing. Y'all realize our country's, what, 300 years old? The United States of America, you know? It's, 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 it's not very old at all, right? These guys wrote this stuff 600, 700 years, and the Psalms was written a thousand years before Jesus came. Look at the prophecies in the Psalms. It's very interesting to go through there and see them and to see that the author was inspired by the Holy Spirit a thousand years before Jesus came to write things that were so specific that when it happened, you couldn't, you couldn't say that, oh, well, maybe if you twist it that way or this way, that it, it could have, you can define it like that. No, I mean, it literally says, by his stripes we will be healed. In Isaiah, right? It says we were bruised with, 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 with uh, you know, he was bruised with our iniquities, you know? All those, th all those words that, man, when you see it and it's laid out line upon line and then you realize it, man, the integrity of God's word cannot be questioned because of that. Amen? Amen. Now, let's look at a few major world, world religions and I'm just going to say a few things about them. <clears throat> the authority of any religion depends upon its origin, right? Okay, we all know the Christian origin comes from the Word of God. It comes from God Himself, okay? So if we're going to measure another religion, we've got to measure it, measure it by its origin, right? <clears throat> Who is pronouncing what is truth for that religion? If the origin is purely human, why should we take any notice? The opinions of any man or group of men are of no more authority than than those of any other men, right? Though they may appear more logical and be founded upon reasonable grounds, 
They're still the products of, of the human mind. They carry no guarantee of absolute truth. Okay? So the major uh, religions of the world are founded upon the writings of men. They're not find, founded upon the word of God. So Buddhism, okay, Buddhism is founded upon the teachings of Buddha, okay, a man who lived in India in the 6th century B.C., and it was some centuries later that his adherents made him a god. So he lived a certain time, and it was centuries later before the people that started following him actually made him, they decided he's a god, and they began to worship him as a god, okay? And then Hinduism originated in ancient Vedism, I guess that's how you say that, Vedism, about 1500 B.C., and it evolved through something else called Brahmanism, into, and now it's into early Hinduism back then, and then in the second century B.C., okay, they begin to revere the gods called Vishnu and Shiva, all right? But that didn't happen until the second century B.C., all right? And then Confucianism arose from Chinese moral philosophy, which was systemized by Confucius in the 5th century B.C. Confucius himself became an object of worship in the 1st century A.D. Okay? So it started out in, in 5th century B.C., and then he began to be an object of worship in the 1st century A.D., hundreds of years later. All right? In each of these religions, the worship of the God arose centuries after the declaration of the original principles of these faiths. Amen? Do y'all understand that? In other words, it took centuries for, for things to be rolled around and molded around and, and figured out how to philosophize and everything else, however you want to say it, to get to a place. <laughs> Is that? No, 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 okay, never mind. How to get to a place where they would actually begin to believe that these men were gods and not just men who taught principles and values. Okay? So the bottom line is, is this. Um, none of these religions set people free. And each of them lead to some form of enslavement. That's the difference. And I didn't speak about the Muslim faith. The Muslim faith, listen to this, the Muslim religion's in a different category. Muhammad lived in the 7th century A.D. after Christ, okay, and could neither read nor write. His companions wrote down scraps of the Koran from what Muhammad had remembered. The scraps were collected together sometime after his death. So all these widespread religions claiming millions of adherents are based upon the original pronouncements of men, despite all their subsequent philosophical refinements, as they originated in the human mind. Okay? So that, I'm just speaking truth to you. That's where it's at. And if y'all want to debate things, we can debate things at some point. Tonight's not the, not the time for that. But uh, I would love to uh, sit down with you and talk about it any time. Okay? All right. So that's a little bit of history about the Word. There's prophecies for you about the Word. Obviously, there's the, the list of authors to show you exactly who wrote what books. You know, I think there's, in, there's interesting things in there. If you'll look over those authors, you'll see that, that James might not have been the James that you thought he was. And that John might not have been the John that you thought he was, because there's different Johns and there's different Jameses. So you have to look on there and see, and uh, it'll tell you more about that, okay? And it's interesting to know some of those things. And I think most people think that Paul wrote the book of Hebrews. Um, on that particular list, it says that it could have been him or Apollos, <clears throat> different men. But guess, but guess what? No one really knows for sure.
It seems like Paul might have written it, even though he was called to the uh, Gentiles and not to the Jews. But the way it's written, it seems a little bit like Paul addressing uh, people the way he addressed them in other um, books that he wrote. But no one knows for sure. Okay. So anyway, just some interesting facts for you guys. Again, this is kind of like Bible school. So it's not quite, you know, straight out of the word every time as far as facts and figures that we're going to give you. Amen? But now let's jump back into the word. Can we do that? All right. And so now you've got some resources you can take home with you. And if you've got any questions, let me know after this and we'll go over it. <clears throat> so let's go back to John chapter 1 where we started. Okay? In that chapter, there's some things that get established in that John chapter 1. One thing that John chapter 1 verses 1 through 4 and verse 14 establishes this that the Word was preeminent to all physical matter, including mankind. Okay, the Word was here before anything else was created, right? right? We all get that, including ourselves. Okay, the Word was first. Number two, the other thing it establishes is that the Word created all matter and mankind. So not only was it here before it came, the Word actually created it all, right? So the Word of God is what created everything that we can see, touch, hear, feel, taste, as well as be able to experience one another, okay? The third thing is this. It establishes that Jesus and God's Word are the same thing. They're the same entity. They're the same being. Amen? And it's important that we understand those things, okay? And we'll get more into that here in just a minute. Um, a, a scripture that kind of goes along with that, you're there in John. Flip over to John chapter 6. If you got your Bible or if you want to do it on your phone there. John six fifty one. Jesus said this just as a in the mouth of two or three witnesses in regards to God, Jesus and his word being one. He said this in, um, I think it's John six fifty one. It says, I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If any man eat of this bread, he shall live forever. And the bread that I will give him is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. Okay? I will give for the life of the world. And we all know that the scripture, the famous scripture in Matthew that's, that, that says man shall not live by what? Bread, Bread alone, but by what? Every word. Every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And so Jesus here, he's, he's letting you know that, look, I am the word that you're to eat of. Amen? You know, we take communion from time to time, and there's a lot of us that when we take it, we're like, what does that really mean? Why, why am I drinking this little thing of juice and eating this little cracker, you know? It's what it is. It's the symbol of saying, listen, Jesus, I am gonna, I'm going to receive you into me in every way that I know how. Amen? I want to receive your spirit. I want to receive your word. I want to receive the, the tenets of the faith that you teach me in. Amen? And not only do I want to receive, but I want to operate as you would operate. That's what communion is, is to commune, right? It's to come together, be intimate with one another, and then take away from what that intimacy was, take away from that intimacy, and give it to the world. Amen? That's what Jesus wants us to do. All right? Now let's look at another scripture together. Let's look at Hebrews chapter 1. Okay? Hebrews chapter 1. Hebrews chapter 1, and we're going to look at, uh, start right there in verse 1. And I'm going to read this in the Amplified. I think it kind of brings things out a little bit better, okay? 
who says this, In many separate revelations, each of which set forth a proportion of the truth, and in different ways God spoke of old to our forefathers in and by the prophets. But in the last of these days he has spoken to us in the person of a son, whom he appointed heir and lawful owner of all things. Also by and through whom he created the worlds and the reaches of space and the ages of time. He made, produced, built, operated, and arranged them in order. Amen? He is the sole expression of the glory of God, the light being, the outraying or radiance of the divine, and he is the perfect imprint and very image of God's nature. I love that. I'm going to read that part again. He is the perfect imprint and very image of God's nature. Now here's the part I want us all to get next. Upholding and maintaining and guiding and propelling the universe by his mighty word of power. Amen? I'll read that in the King James next to it. It says this, And upholding all things by the word of his power. Somebody say things. 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 You know, did you know your body is a thing? And your body screams at you a lot of times and tries to tell you what to do and where to go, what to eat, right? How to not work out, right? Yeah, I know. I do too. But here's the, thing about, here's the thing about the Word of God. The Word of God will come into your heart and it'll come up out of your heart into your mind and it'll say, work out. It'll say, put down the donut and pick up the celery, Right? It'll say, take the, take the medicine today, and trust me that I'm healing you today. Amen? It'll say, let go of that offense and go love them anyway. Amen. Take them a blessing to their work. Amen? The devil won't say that, and your flesh won't say that. And even your own soul doesn't like to, doesn't like to hear those things, does it? But that's the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of love speaking to us. Amen? That is the Word of God in action in your heart, moving you and compelling you to be like Jesus the way He made you to be. Amen? Amen? When we walk in that place, listen to me, when we walk in that place, we're walking in the supernatural. Because everything natural says to do what you want to do and the way you want to do it and the reasons why you like it. But everything supernatural says lay down who you are and what you want and do what I'm telling you to do. Amen. Amen? And when we begin to do as God leads us to do in our hearts, then the doors open up in order for God to do amazing things in our lives. But it's only through our actions of faith and our attitudes of faith and our words of faith that we connect with God. Let me establish a few things here in Hebrews 1, 1 through 3. We need to establish this fact. God is upholding all things by the word of His power, including you. Okay? God's power is always and irrevocably connected to His word being spoken. I'm going to say that again. God's power is always connected to His Word being spoken. You know, last Sunday, the, the, my most favorite thing that I heard 
of, of the day was when Jonathan Finley was, was talking up, there, up here, and they were all, all the youth were giving different words and things that had happened to him. And he said, the, he said these words. It was, it was, man, it went off in my spirit. He said, speak it and leave it. And what I saw was, and I'm not going to actually do it, but what I saw was that kind of right now there's a lingo, a slang thing going around right now called drop the mic. You know, we just, boom, just drop the mic. If I wasn't afraid I'd break this thing, I'd just drop it. But, you know, I, what happened was right then, man, I saw Jesus. You know what I saw? I saw Jesus walk up to the fig tree. And it didn't have what it was supposed to have on it. And he said, no matter of food you hear of. And he dropped the mic on that feature. He went, boom, walked off. You know what I'm saying? He did. He dropped the mic on that fig tree. He didn't even look back. Matter of fact, it wasn't until the next morning they're passing by. And Peter's the one that calls out and says, hey, Jesus. Hey, hey, look, 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 look. Jesus was like, what? He was like, look, it's dried up from the roots. And Jesus was like, what did you expect? I mean, that's literally, he, you know what he said? He said, have faith in God. That was his answer. He was like, what else did you expect to happen? I spoke the word of God, and it did what the word of God said. And he said, not only that, but not only that, he is the word of God. So he's the word of God speaking the word of God. Amen? But when we receive the word of God in abundance in our heart, we can drop the mic on stuff. How about dropping the mic on debt? Boom. Debt, be done. Dropped it, walked away. Right? Sickness? Boom. Drop the mic on you. Be gone. Amen? Listen, that's faith. Listen, when you can drop the mic on things, and when I say drop the mic, what I mean is this. Speak the word only about it. Let it go. Leave it alone. Walk away from it. Don't fret. Don't worry. Don't fear. Okay? And you know what you need to do at that point? Drop the mic and rest. Everybody say rest. rest. Rest, because if it's in the hands of the Word of God, it is taken care of. Amen. You can walk away knowing God's got your back. Amen? You know, today we dropped the, we dropped the mic on high blood pressure. Do you know that? Mark walked in today. He was like, man, my blood, blood pressure still kind of been peaking and stuff. And, and Pastor, you didn't know this, and Chris, you didn't know this, but we all prayed over Mark today, and he came to me tonight, and he goes, It worked. <laughs> He had taken his blood pressure. It's, hey, it was down farther than it's been down ever. ever. Say ever. 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 Mark just dropped the mic on high blood pressure. Amen? And that's what we've got to do. We've got to receive the Word of God knowing that it's life. Speak out that life and then go rest in the fact that God's life, He loves for us to have life and be able to receive it and walk in it. Amen? Amen. Amen. Ooh, I'm preaching. <laughs> preaching myself happy. All right. So if you think about it, if you go back to the beginning of the Word of God in Genesis, okay, where it says that the Spirit of God hovered over the face of the deep. Y'all remember that? Okay, in the beginning, right? The Spirit of God hovered over the face of the deep. So the Spirit of God, man, he's, listen to me. Y'all know the scripture that says deep calls out to deep, cries out to deep? Amen? The deep of God calls out to the deep of us. And the Spirit of God hovers over the deep in you. And the Spirit of God is waiting for the Word in you so that when the Word says, light be, 
then your deep that is being hovered over by the Spirit of God becomes activated by the Word of God. And all of a sudden, whatever you spoke by the Word of God changes stuff. Light comes. Health comes. Finances comes. Amen? The things that God calls you to have and to be and to do, it begins to manifest through your own spirit. You listen to me? It's so important to understand that we have to be in that place of knowing that the Word of God is so integrous that we don't speak it lightly. Amen. Listen, when you pray, don't pray a light prayer. Listen, that, that's, 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 that, that hurts God's heart. And don't tell people you're praying for them if you're not going to pray for them. Amen? I'm praying for you, brother. Praying for you. I have to watch over as a pastor because, I mean, I say it a lot. Because, and I mean it. And we do. We, we, every week we sit down and we go through the list and we so who's hurting and what's going on and who are you praying for? And I mean, we drove around the city today. We drove around the city yesterday. We drove around the city on Monday praying the Word of God. Amen. Proclaiming, declaring, praying prayer circles around places. Amen? Amen? There's times where you've got to pray around things. And then there's times when you've got to pray through things. And God will show you the difference. Amen? You follow the Holy Spirit, He'll teach you how to use His Word to declare exactly what's supposed to be declared so that His results can be made manifest because He wants His kingdom in your heart, in your life, in this city, and in this world. Jesus Himself, He taught His disciples to pray. And what did He say? He said, that your kingdom in heaven would be here on earth. Right? That's what he wants? How's that going to get here? Is it going to come because we hope for it? Is it going to come because we wish for it? No. It's going to come because we listen to our Father, then we say what he says, and we do what he tells us to do. Amen? That's the only way the will of the Lord happens in this, on this planet. Is through his people, through his body, his hands, his feet, his eyes, his ears. And that's us. Amen? Amen? So God's Spirit hovered over the face of the deep, <clears throat> but until his word was spoken, no power was displayed or released. Notice that? said the, the earth was, 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 was void and without any type of form, right? Didn't have anything going on with it. It was dark. And then a word came. Everybody say, a word came. Listen to me. I know there's many of you right now, you're perplexed, you're confused, you're scared, you're lonely, you've got some serious problems with certain areas of your life. The only difference between right now and in just a moment that can be completely different is you receiving a word from the Lord. And it can happen now. Amen? Amen? And it'll change your mind, change your heart, and then it'll everything else will look completely different. Because all of a sudden you know God's on my side about this. I no longer got to climb this mountain. I no longer have to fight this fight. My God will fight this fight for me. Amen? So let's keep going here. Once God said, let there be light, then power was released. We must speak the word for his power to be released in and through our lives. My question to you is, are you speaking His Word over your life as the Spirit inspires you to speak? You need to write that down. Am I speaking the Word over my life 
as the Spirit inspires me to speak. Am I speaking the Word of God over my life as the Spirit of God inspires me to speak? Listen, that's the difference. That's the entire difference between life and death is has God spoken into it? Somebody say amen. amen. Jesus himself said in John 6, verse 63, he said, my words are spirit and they are life. When we get a word from God, it's a spirit word that's going to bring life. Amen? Okay. Let's keep trucking here. <clears throat> um, God's word is integrous. It's inspired. It's all-powerful and never-ceasing. And I'm going to read you a few scriptures, and I want you to follow along. If you've got your Bible, pull it out. But in Psalms 102, okay, we're going to go through several scriptures here regarding God's word being integrous, inspired, all-powerful, and never-ceasing. Okay? Psalms 102, verse 25 through 27, basically says this. God and His Word are one. His Word will not pass away, but the heavens and earth will pass away. Okay? I kind of paraphrase that one. Isaiah 40. Look up Isaiah 40 and 8. Now listen, write these down as we go. Thank you. Isaiah 40 and 8 says this. The grass withers and the flowers fade but the word of our God shall stand forever. Amen? The word of our God shall stand forever. Matthew chapter 5, verse 18 says this. This is Jesus himself talking. Jesus said, For truly I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, not one jot, not one tittle will pass away from the law until all is accomplished. Jesus said that. And he said it again. Luke wrote it this way. Okay, same, same scripture, but it's in Luke. Luke uh, chapter 16, verse 17 says this, But it is easier for heaven and earth to pass away than for one dot of the law to become void. <laughs> and this is my favorite one, Luke 21, 33. Luke 21, 33. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. That's pretty, that's pretty blatant, isn't it? This, listen, this earth... All that we know, it's going to burn. It's going away. There's going to be a new heaven and a new earth, the Bible says. Amen? So everything that we know as, as, as earth today or as heavens today, it's all going to be changed. God's going to make it all new for us. Because He wants to. He wants to share it with us. He wants to share new things. He wants everything restored for us. Amen? He's not going to leave one star in the sky unrestored for us. Amen. That's a pretty amazing thing to think about. There's a lot of stars out there. Amen? He's going to change it all. Now, I know we've heard this scripture. 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 says this, All scripture is God-breathed and is useful, excuse me, useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Amen? I want to reiterate, all Scripture is God-breathed. God-breathed. Okay? 1 Peter 1, verse 23 through 25 says this, For you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and enduring Word of God. For all people are like grass, and all their glory is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of the Lord endures forever. 
Amen? If, you're, if you have any doubt about the integrity of the Word of God, He's showing you over and over again that everything's going to change but, the, but His Word. Amen? Everything. Last scripture about that, 2 Peter 1.21 says this, For prophecy, or for the Word of God, we can call it either one, never had its origin in the human will. But prophets, though they were human, spoke from God as though they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. So there's the Lord telling you right there that even though prophets wrote the Bible, they wrote it inspired by the Holy Spirit. Amen? All right. Now we're going to get down to Scripture here that uh, I really wanted to get into to, to begin to kind of wrap things up tonight. And that is this. This is the one that I feel like the Lord's um, really want us to dig into, and that's Mark chapter 4. Everybody go to Mark chapter 4 tonight. <clears throat> we're going to talk about the sower sows the word. Because <clears throat> the deal is, the bottom line is about Mark chapter 4, Jesus said it himself. He said, if you don't know this parable, how can you know all other parables? So if you want to know something that's very uh, baseline, so to speak, to give you a baseline by which to jump off from in order to operate, in order to grow from, you've got to understand the sower sows the word, okay? And the reason why we need to understand that is because if we don't understand that the word is seed and that it is its, destiny, its, its destination, you know, seed has a destination where it goes, Right? And we know that farmers put seed in the ground. Right? But the destination of the Word of God is our hearts. And if it's not planted in your heart, it cannot spring forth and do what it's supposed to do. Amen? So, um, let's jump in here together and... Uh, oh, let's see here. Um, <laughs> there's, some, there's so many other things I want to talk about. But I'll, I'll, I'll jump. Let's go straight into Mark 4. That's fine. Let's do that. Verse 14. Okay? This is where Jesus, it obviously starts in verse 1, and he talks about it. But this is where the disciples came to him and said, hey, what does all this mean? So you can go back and read verse 1 through 13 if you'd like. But 14 is where Jesus really starts laying it out for him and telling him what's going on. Okay? And it says this. He said unto them, Know you not this parable? How then will you not know all, or will you know all parables? The sower sows the word, and these are they by the wayside where the word is sown. But when they have heard, everybody say, have heard. Okay? When they have heard, Satan comes immediately. Somebody say immediately. Listen, listen, everybody look at me. It's so important to understand that when you walk out of church on Sunday, Satan's coming. I mean, it's promised. It's promised. He, and listen, he's not coming for you necessarily. Yeah, he wants you dead. He wants you out of the way. But more than that, he, wants this, he does not want that seed to germinate in your heart. If that seed gets germinated in your heart, if it gets breathed on by the Holy Spirit, if it begins to produce what it's supposed to produce, now he has someone that he has to fight against your whole life, and you're someone who's going to produce other fruit called Christians. Amen? And now his end is beginning to come even more so. Because, see, whenever the earth, whenever the, the salvation of the earth is full, then it's going to be time for the enemy to be wrapped up. Amen? But we've got to get about his business. Amen? And the way that we do that is we put the word of God into our heart. So let's keep reading here, okay? 
Um, and these are the, the ones by the wayside where the word is sown. And when they have heard, Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. Okay? Now let's, let's, I, I want to explain that taking away. It's literally a ripping away from you. It's a, it's a violent act, but it's done on a spiritual level. Okay? And it's done through doubt and unbelief and fear. Amen? Listen, faith is risky. Do you know that? Matter of fact, faith without risk isn't faith. If, if there's something you're not risking in order to trust God, you know, it's a risk for me to trust my wife. Now, I know you're thinking, oh, wait a minute, you've been married... I have to trust that she's being faithful and she is where she's at. Now, I know after 23 years now, or 25 of almost being together, I can trust her word. Amen? So that risk has become less and less. But when we were first married, there were times when I want to call and check up. Where are you at? You're supposed to be at the grocery store. What's up? Why is it taking you so long? Right? Yes or no? <laughs> I know all y'all have felt that too. Or what about this one? What about this one? Hey, what about this one? If you're, if you're a parent, if you're a parent, and you're supposed to trust that your child is coming home safe, and they begin to be 10 minutes late, and then they're 15 minutes late, and then they're an hour late, and you hear that little voice saying, he's dead on the side of the road. Right? Yes or no? What you, if what you have planted in your heart is what's going to come out in that moment. You're either going to get into doubt and fear, and you're going to begin to live like that and allow it to plague you and allow it to cause you to have bondage. Listen to me. Fear brings bondage of the mind, and it torments you. It's tormenting. At that moment is when you need to say, wait, 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 wait a minute, devil, because that's the voice of the devil. That brings fear and doubt and unbelief. Can you say, I have proclaimed Psalm 91 over my child. Inspired by the Spirit to proclaim it. So it's not in my own works, but Jesus said that my children shall go forth and they shall not even dash their foot against a stone. And no fear or terror or destruction will even come near them. Amen? And listen, and, and it's good for you to speak to the devil as if you know that you know. You need to speak to the devil with your authoritative voice. Don't talk to the devil like, well, um, uh, the psalm says, uh, you know, because that's when the devil, he, he will just come all over you. You've got to, listen, and I know sometimes you, you're in a battle on the inside. And so there's a part of you that doesn't want to speak it very authoritatively, but you need to go ahead and speak it authoritatively because what happens is, is boldness and confidence rises up as you speak the Word of God. Amen. Amen? Because as you speak it, guess what? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word. And the, the, the most important and greatest way that you can hear the Word of God is to hear yourself speak it. And when you speak it, that's why Christianity is called the Great Confession because when you confess, when you speak the Word of God out your mouth, What's happening is it's creating an image in your heart. It's changing the way you think. See, instead of seeing your son laying in a ditch dead somewhere, you're seeing the Word of God holding him up and bringing him to you. 
or you're seeing angels wrapped around his car. Amen? Or you're seeing godly men and women come to his car in the middle of the night and help him change his tire and get back on the road and give him $20. Amen? Depending on where your faith is is what you're going to see, and what you see is what you're going to get. You listen to me? You have to begin to see God working on the inside. <clears throat> now, let's keep reading here. Mark chapter 4, verse 16, it says, And these are they likewise which are sown on stony ground, who when they have heard the word, everybody say, heard the word, immediately receive it with gladness, and have no root in themselves, and so endure but for a time, and afterward when affliction or persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they are offended. Okay? I want to read that again. These are they on stony ground, who when they have heard the word, immediately receive it with gladness, and they have no root in themselves. Let's stop there with root. Okay? I went and looked up the word root in themselves. Okay? I kind of looked all that up. The Greek, okay, says this, one who has but a superficial experience of divine truth has not permitted it to make its way into the innermost recesses of his soul. Your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. If the Word of God is not taking over your mind in accordance to whatever area it is you need, let's go back to the whole kid coming home late, you think he may be dead in a ditch, if the Word of God doesn't rise up and create an image by which you're speaking forth the truth in, and instead the other image of death, destruction, and despair is trying to eat you alive, then you haven't made the Word of God deep enough. You haven't allowed it to take over the way that you're thinking negatively and thinking in line with the culture and in line with the, wor with the world, in line with the enemy himself. So guess what? You need to take the word and begin to eat on it again. Amen. Begin to receive it and begin to speak it. Everybody say, speak it. Speak it. Listen, the word becomes flesh in your life as you say it. And then as you say it, you'll begin to do it. Okay? We must say it. Okay? So we don't want to be people that have no root. Amen? I know there's been many times in my life where I've heard a revelation at church, and I was like, Woo! Jesus! Yeah, Shundai! You know? Amen? Then you walk out the church building, and your wife says something to you, and you're like, Ah! What do you mean? And you get all into, and you're angry, and you're upset, and the next thing you know, you, you're offended, and you've forgotten the revelation that Jesus just gave you. And he came in quickly to steal the word out of your heart. Amen? We've got to be on watch about that. Make sure we're watching over those things. Okay? Listen, and we'll keep reading here. And they have no root in themselves, and so endure but for a time. Afterward, when affliction or persecution arises for the word's sake. Now notice, affliction and persecution, which comes from the devil, okay? It, it doesn't come for you. It comes for the Word. Right? Because it knows if it can get the Word, it can kill you. 
So he goes to the root of the matter. He goes to the root and the core of how he gets to kill you. And that is by stealing the word of God out of your heart. Amen? And so that's why God said so many times throughout his word, guard your heart. Guard your heart. Guard your heart. Listen, when, when circumstances come, <coughs> I, I'll give you a personal testimony real quick. It's one that Tristy and I have walked through, and, I, and I've shared it many times in this church. And the only reason why I shared it is because I saw the Lord do something miraculous, and it was because simply because I listened to His Spirit, I slowed down enough, and it was a drastic thing to where it was, I mean, it looked like disaster, you know? It looked like a horrible, horrible thing, Okay? And listen, this isn't patting myself on the back. This is, thank God I listened to his voice. Amen? I know we all have those stories, right? Thank God I heard you, Lord, and thank God I responded in faith. Amen? But when Tristy and I, you know, we were pregnant with, with Cameron. I wasn't pregnant. You know, I, I look like I am now, but she was pregnant. And... And uh, we had Camden, our, se- our second child, our daughter, who's a red- you know, redheaded girl who sings amazing and who gave that amazing testimony on Sunday about being a painting. I don't know if y'all got that or not. I was like, whoo, my daughter. <laughs> and, uh, um, but uh, when she was born, the doctor came to us and actually didn't come to us, came to Tristy by herself. I was not happy about that. But anyway. <laughs> I had to walk through a fence there and get on the right side. And uh, basically said she has Down syndrome. We've done tests and all that. She has Down syndrome. And when I got back to the room, Tristy told me what the doctor had told her, that she, you know, he, she has Down syndrome. And I don't know if, what Tristy remembers of that. I just I remember thinking, hmm. Because at that moment, it, it, was, it was decision time. How am I going to walk this out? Am I going to trust God? Or am I going to go into whatever? Pity poor me, pity poor her, pity poor Camden. You know, am I going to go into a complete downward spiral depressed? Or do I trust the Lord? I mean, mean, at that moment, I had that decision to make. I did. Am I going to trust the word of the Lord? Or am I going to trust what the doctors have just told us? Which report is true? There's truth that, that, that there was documented fact that she had a disease. But there's truth, okay? There's higher truth that can, that can completely do away with just some type of worldly truth. Amen? There's a truth that supersedes facts and supersedes disease. It supersedes sickness. Amen? Amen. And so at that moment, I, I, I did. And again, I'm not, not in a prideful way. I'm just like, okay, Lord, my, my, my thing was, this isn't, you know what, exactly this, the, the thing that came to my mind was this. This isn't what I signed up for. That's what came to my mind. And so I, 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 right then I told Tristy, I said, um, I love you. Excuse me a moment. And I went into the bathroom in the hospital room, put the lid down, sat on the toilet. <laughs> and I literally said out my mouth, out loud, I said, God, you and I need to talk about this because this isn't what I signed up for. I signed up that my seed would be mighty upon the earth. That's what your word says to me. 
Amen? I signed up that your angels are guarding my children. Amen? I signed up that my children are beautifully and wonderfully created by your hand. Amen? I, and, I, and I went through the prayers that I had prayed over our daughter in Tristy's womb. I reminded him of those. And then you know what I did after that? I envisioned myself laying on the mercy seat of God. Because I knew there were things in my life where I'd fallen short. We all fall short. Amen? And I laid on the mercy seat of God and I said, God, I don't deserve, I, I deserve this. We all deserve death, hell, and destruction, right? I know that, but w- w- with you, I can receive mercy and grace for my daughter. And I said, God, I choose mercy and I choose grace. And Camden's middle name is Grace. And so I walked out. Well, as I sat there and I said that, the word of the Lord came to me. And he said, Corey, this is just a smoke screen. I said, what do you mean, Lord? What do you mean a smoke screen? I never even heard that lingo. I never heard anybody preach or say anything about that. I was like, what does that mean? He said, Corey, it's like an automobile on the Indy 500 race who's, who's going and there's a big wreck in front of him and there's a lot of smoke and he can't see where he's going but they're trained to drive right through the smoke. Don't turn, don't swerve, just drive, right? He said, you can either allow this smoke screen to affect you and damage your life and damage your child, or you can drive right through and just trust me in it. And I said, well, I'm going to drive right through. I said, I trust you, Lord. I said, and here's what I did. Now listen, I said, I trust you whether she's healed when we leave this room or whether she's healed when she hits heaven. That's what I said. I said, I'm willing to stand. If I had to stand her whole life on this planet, I'm willing to stand until she's healed in heaven. I was willing to go the distance. I told her because she was my baby, right? I said, that isn't what I want, Lord, but that's what I'll do. I said, I'm committed, and I'm going to teach my daughter in every way. And I, and I said, and this isn't going to hinder anything about how I follow you and how I love you. I told him that before I left that before I left that restroom in that hospital room. I made up my mind and I drew the line in the sand. Amen. And then I walked out the door and I looked at Tristan and I said, This is a smoke screen. I'm sure she was like, What in the world are you talking about? And I just said, and, and her parents were standing there and her mom and dad were going, What is he doing? And I said, I'm just gonna tell you what God said. And I told him what God said. And I said, we're going to trust God. And we turned on healing praise and scriptures. We listened to healing praise. And then we read scriptures of healing over her little body for 10 days. We started right then. There was never a moment where healing praise wasn't going on in her room, around her. And whenever, unless we were sleeping, you know, one of us was speaking the healing scriptures over her body and receiving what God had done. Amen. So about, I don't know how many days later it was, but the doctor basically sent us home and said, you'll get the test results to confirm everything and whatever, how many days, and, and you'll know kind of what's going on. Well, the test results came back, and the doctor called Tristy and said, um, we don't know what happened. And of course, Tristy and I were like, we know what happened. God is good. 
God is faithful. God is a healing God. Now listen, this may not be your exact testimony. And listen, this is the way the devil messes with everybody, is that how come he got that and I didn't? Or how come he got that and my cousin's brother's sister little baby didn't get it? How come? Listen, don't allow the enemy to point you. I can see it on some of y'all's faces. I can see it on your faces that the enemy is trying to get you to doubt his great love for you and for all people because of where a person is at this moment. My God loves me and loves my daughter whether she had Down syndrome or not. Amen. Amen. And would still do today. Amen. Amen. And I would still be standing today if she has had Down syndrome. Amen. And I would still be receiving his love. I'd still be giving his love. Amen. Amen. So regardless of the circumstances of the moment, don't let circumstances, sickness, disease, any persecution or affliction steal the word of God out of your heart. Amen? Amen? Because that's exactly what he wants to do. He wants you to measure him by circumstantial evidence and not by the word of God. And listen, if you do that, you're going to be conflicted and afflicted and hurt and in pain and in doubt and in fear your whole life. You've got to make up your mind, I'm going to trust what the word of the Lord says. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care what it feels like. I don't care what that person went through or this person has or that's not happening. I don't care. I trust the love of my Heavenly Father for them and for me. Amen? That's a decision that we must make. Amen? Okay, let's finish Mark 4. Ah, moving on. God is good. And all the time. All right. (laughs) So, verse 17, They have no root in themselves and so endure but for a time. Afterward, when affliction or persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they are offended. Offended. And these are they which are sown among thorns, such as hear the word, and the cares of the world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the lusts of other things entering in. Entering into where? Entering into our hearts. Amen? When we allow the deceitfulness of riches, the cares of this world, the lusts for other things other than God himself, when we allow those things into our heart, and we allow those to take more room, more access, more uh, so to speak, property in our heart than, than we have, have God in our heart, then we've got a serious issue. Amen? Mm-hmm. And God's dealing with us on every level. Mm-hmm. Listen, every one of us have some little form of deceitfulness of riches. And, and God's helping us weed it out of our lives. Amen. You see that? Many of us have lust of other things. God's helping us weed those out of our lives. Amen? Amen? He is. Every, every, every little... There's persecution, affliction that we deal with. It may be from your boss. It may be from family. Right? It may be from... And Chris says his boss definitely so. <laughs> it may be from a number of different areas in your life. But the bottom line is this. You stick with God and He'll see you through. Amen? Amen? Man, I can go around this room and, and look at people's faces and see miracle after miracle. There's, there's, there's marriages in this room that have been restored by the Word of God. In this room. 
There's, there's, there's miracles of healing that have happened in this room. There were people who had not been able to have babies that because of what God did had a baby Amen. in this room. Amen. His word is more powerful than anything. Yes. Amen? Amen? More powerful than anything. Listen, we've got to get that in our spirit. Yes. His word is more powerful than anything. His word is more powerful than anything. That's right. We've got to say that, your God, your word is more powerful than anything that I'm facing. Anything that I'm up against, any mountain can become a molehill under my feet if I apply your word to it. Amen? We've got to get that in our hearts. We've got to allow that to resonate in our hearts. Now, <sighs> The cares of the world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the lust of other things entering in choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. And these are they which are sown on good ground, such as hear the word, and receive it, and bring forth fruit, some thirty, some sixty, and some a hundredfold. Now, the fact that he tells you about those things called persecution, affliction, okay, the cares of the world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the lusts of other things... You need to write those five things down. The fact that he's telling you about those five things, that he's saying that all those things come to choke the word, what, 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 what the opposite of that is true is this, okay? The word of God is intended to overcome every one of those things. Amen. The word of God is intended to overcome persecution. The Word of God is intended to overcome affliction. The Word of God is intended to overcome the lust of other things. The Word of God is intended, purposed, and designed to defeat deceitfulness of riches. You listen to me? That is its intention, is to overcome all of those things in our lives. God intends for His Word to fight and overcome your battles. Amen? I don't know about you, but I'm ready to drop the mic on some things. Amen? I'm, listen, the way you drop the mic, it's not just by saying the first scripture that comes to your mind. Dropping the mic comes from meditation. Dropping the mic, listen, dropping the mic comes from time spent in the presence of the Lord, allowing Him to lead you to scripture, and then once you're led to that scripture, to meditate on it. The word meditate means to mumble, means to say out loud, means to mutter. That's right. It means to speak it over and over and over and think and allow the Holy Spirit to change the way you're thinking about that particular situation so that now you're beginning to speak exactly what the Holy Spirit has inspired you to speak about it. Amen. And what will happen is, listen to me, words create images. Right? So I did this in Kairos uh, last week. Everybody close your eyes for a second. Just close your eyes. Trust me, I'm not going to hit you. I'm not going to throw anything at you. See, there's some of you already that have that fear thing going on. All right, so here we go. Close your eyes. Ready? I'm going to say a word. Dog. See, I said dog. There's some of you laughing. There's some of you smiling. There's some of you with a big frown on your face. Well, let me say it this way now. Big, brown, aggressive dog. 
big, brown, aggressive dog chasing little white cat. Yeah, we've got some sadistic ones in here already. All right. Big, brown, aggressive dog catches little white cat and begins to play with it. See, y'all had the no, y'all got ahead in the story. Y'all thought he was that little white that little white kid was dead. Okay, everybody open your eyes. Now, did you see what I said? You saw what I said. You didn't see the word D-O-G or the word C-A-T. You saw a big brown dog, aggressive brown dog, chasing a little white cat. An image was created in your heart. When you meditate upon the word of God. I created an image in your heart by saying some things. But when you read the Word of God and you listen and you meditate, He creates images in you by which victory happens on every front. Amen. You listening to me? Yes. Now, I'm not saying it's going to happen today, in a moment. It might, but it will happen. Because God wants you to, to overcome everything that comes up against you. Right. You know how many times in Revelation... It says, to those who overcome, yeah. to them who overcame. See, he's expecting you to overcome. Yes. And guess what? There's going to be stuff to overcome. Mm -hmm. And see, we're always surprised when it's something. And we're like, well, how, why? Well, we didn't expect that. And that's when we have to go, wait a minute. Okay, this is something to overcome. Yes. Right? Mm -hmm. we, it, 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 it's almost always a surprise to us at first. But then we have to settle in and go, Okay, it's time to let God take the gloves off. It's time to sit quietly and listen and allow the Holy Spirit to speak words of life in my heart so that I can speak to that mountain and it can move. God wants us to be overcomers. God wants us to be mountain-moving people. Amen? That's His desire for us through the Word of God. All right, last but not least is this. God's Word is alive, all right? God's Word is alive. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. Turn there with me. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. That's the thing that sets God's Word apart from the Koran. The Koran isn't alive. You can't meditate the Koran. You can't meditate the words of Confucius and Buddha and all those, and it literally come alive on the inside of you to where it produces life, love, joy, peace, it doesn't produce those things. All it, all it becomes is you working at something. Because there's nobody with you. Because there's no Holy Spirit with Buddha, Buddhism. There's no Holy Spirit with Confucianism. Amen? The Holy Spirit is, is with the Word of God. Amen? So Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, if you're there, I'm going to read this. For the Word of God is alive and active. It's sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Listen, if your attitude isn't getting checked by the Holy Spirit every day, you're probably not walking real close with Him. I'm going to say that again. If your attitude isn't getting checked every day, you're probably not walking real close with Him. I've been a pastor for almost 20 years. He checks my attitude every day. And sometimes it gets checked by my Holy Spirit, Tristy, <laughs> which is a good thing. You know, there's, there's been times even lately she'll just look at me like, <laughs> you know, 
the kids will be around. She'll be like. <laughs> the Holy Spirit does that to us, you know? Holy Spirit is funny. You know what I'm telling you? The Holy Spirit is funny. There's times when I look at, I get pictures of Jesus, and he's, just, he's looking at me like, no. Don't do that. Don't say that. Don't go there, you know? And then, of course, sometimes I go there, and he's like, oh, why are you doing that? That's the Word of God. It's alive. It's sharper. It's between the spirit and the soul. Amen? The soul's the mind, will, emotions. The spirit is the part of you where the Holy Spirit lives. Listen, it goes Holy Spirit to spirit to mind. When God speaks to you, the Holy Spirit's on the inside of you. He speaks to your spirit, and your spirit speaks to your mind. Your mind is subject to your spirit. Listen, if your mind's out of control, all you have to do is begin to speak to it. Say, mind, come in line. Mind, I want you to begin to think upon the Word of God in this area and begin to put the Word of God into your mind about that. The Word of God says this, I will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on me. Amen? Your mind can become into perfect peace if you'll keep your mind stayed upon the Word of God. That's a promise. Perfect peace. Man, what a promise. Perfect peace. I remember, and I really do, I believe I had a taste of that when I walked through that with Camden. Because there was something on the inside that would try and scratch at me. But for the most part, I just had this peace, man. I did. I remember walking through the house, and sometimes Trish and I look at each other, and it was kind of one of those, okay, Lord, you know. And it, but that was, for me, that wasn't, as, that wasn't as prolific as, you got this, God. You have this. I don't have it. You got this, Lord. Amen. That's the place we want to live from. But that comes from intimacy with the Holy Spirit, knowing His will for you. Amen? Listen, God's Word is His will. I want to say that again. God's Word is His will. If you don't know the Word of God, you're not going to know the will of God. And if you're believing something that's contrary to the Word of God, then you're believing in something that's full of doubt and fear and unbelief. We must, listen, we must measure our lives according to what the Word says only. Amen? One of my favorite scriptures is about the centurion that goes to Jesus. And he he asks the Lord to heal his servant. Y'all remember that? Mm -hmm. He goes to Jesus. Jesus is out doing his thing. This centurion leaves his house. He's got a a daughter lying at a point of death, or or a servant, sorry, a servant that's dying. And he goes to, and he goes to, uh, to Jesus, he said, Jesus, would you, would you, will you heal my servant? And Jesus is like, yeah, let's go. And he's like, no, 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 wait a minute. I didn't say come to the house. I'm not worthy to have you in my house. I'm a Roman. He said, you just, and here's the thing. I think Jesus would have just said, hey, it's all right. I, I, I treat Samarians and I'm not, I hang with everybody. I love you all. You know what I'm saying? I, I believe Jesus was probably just about ready to say that. And then, and then the centurion said this. He said, he said, I've watched you long enough, basically, is what he said. He said, you speak the word only, and my servant shall be made whole. Amen. See, he'd watched him walk around and say stuff to demons and say stuff to fevers and say stuff to tumors and say stuff to blind eyes and to deaf ears. He watched him say things, and it happened. He said, I know authority when I see it. Right. Yeah. Amen? So here's what I want to tell you about your situation right now. If you've got a situation that by which you've just seemed like you've gone around circles and circles and circles, 
I'm going to tell you what to do about it right now that will change it. And it's simply this. Speak the word only. Speak the word only. Speak the word only. That's where life's going to come from. It's going to come from speaking the word of God. Amen? John 6, 63, I already quoted to you. Jesus said, my words are spirit and they are life. Proverbs 4, 20 says this. 20 through 22. My son... Give attention to my words, incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are, what are his words? They are, my words, are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. Amen? My words are life and health. Amen? Listen to me, when you're sick... You should, it's okay to reach for the aspirin or reach for the Motrin or reach for whatever you need, but you need to be reaching for your Bible. God's Word is medicine. It's medicine. He just said, he said, my words are spirit and they are life. He said, and then he went on and he said, and they're health to all your flesh. They're health to your flesh. So begin to get the healing scriptures and speak those words of God over your life or over someone else's life in your family if you need to. Amen? All right, I'll finish with this, Isaiah 55, 11. So shall my word be that goes out of my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose. And it shall succeed. Everybody say succeed. succeed. And it shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it. Amen? Amen. Well, how does God send his word into this planet? He's got it written here, but it's got to get in our hearts and then be spoken out our mouths. Amen? Faith's in two places. It's in your heart and it's in your mouth. When you got saved, it's because you heard the word, you received, oh man, Jesus, yeah, there's a, there's a way to heaven, man. There's a way to connect with God. And you heard, that, you heard that message. It came into your heart. You saw an image of Jesus on the cross. You saw an image that his blood was shed for you. You saw an image that you're going to be changed by that blood. You saw an image of you standing in heaven with Jesus one day. You saw an image because the gospel was preached to you. And when you saw that image, you said, Jesus, be my Lord and Savior. It was got in your heart so big that it came out your mouth and you were saved in an instant. The greatest miracle that ever happened in your life was your salvation. We all struggle with, with believing for healings, with believing for, for money, with believing for, for relationship uh, uh, restoration. But the bottom line is, is you've already believed the hardest thing there is to believe. You believe that a man was born of a virgin. You believe that a man died in three days, rose again. You believed all those 365 prophecies. You believed all of those. You've already done the hardest part of believing. Amen. And God's just saying, just take this scripture right here and apply it to that part of your life right there, and I'll come through for you. Amen. Because my word is full of my integrity. Yes. When I speak something, it happens. Amen? Amen. All right. Y'all receive that tonight? Yes. Amen. Next week, next week I'm going to talk about...